All right, get your Bibles out and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I forgot what I named this. Overcoming a poverty mentality, money cometh. Let me qualify again what I just said so that I can make it clear. There is no lack in the earth. Lack is man-made. It's man-created. God made the earth with enough wealth. I did another study this week. Would you like to know how many people were on the earth when the flood hit? Take a wild guess. I just want someone to throw a wild number out there. 13 million. That's, that's pretty wild. Give me, another, give me another number. How many people were on the earth when the flood hit? 58 billion. Adam lived a thousand years. How many babies can you make in a thousand years? See, we have this, we have such an idea. See, we, we've been taught so much from television. Monkey see, monkey do. You came from a monkey. We've been taught so much hokey stuff that most people don't know their own Bible. Uh, Adam and Eve were white. No, they weren't. There ain't no way in the world you get two white people to make black people. They can't do it. I know that helps y'all out a little bit. Plus, you can't get a Spanish person out of two white people. It's impossible to do that. You can't do that. So there's a lot of stuff we've been taught that's totally wrong. And we're not picking up our Bible and finding out what the Bible says. But when you sit back, and when I say that, that's all speculation. But if Adam lived a thousand years and had children every four years, and he never died, and all his kids never died, 58 billion, that's a lot of people. And I said last week, what would happen if they were all still here? And then what if no one had ever died? How many people? Seven trillion people would be on the earth. How in the world are you going to feed 7 trillion people? With God, simple. Look at me real good and say, that's no big deal for God. See, we got a very big God. We got a very big God. What we have is a very small mind. And we've never learned to think outside the box other than what someone told you. It is possible for 7 trillion people to live on the earth and all of them to be wealthy. I just blew your mind because we've been taught lack from birth, lack, lack, not enough food. So let me ask you the same question I did last week. During the flood, how much water was here? A lot. How much, how much of that water still here? All of it. It didn't go into outer space. No one came and took it to Mars. It's not there. They're looking, but it isn't there. And if, if Leon Musk wants to be the governor of Mars, he can have it. I, I, he can have the whole planet. I don't care. All right. So, so when you stop and you start thinking like this, you start thinking outside the box just a little bit, and you start realizing that lack is man-made. There is a curse that came on man when he sinned. When Adam sinned, there is a curse, and everybody not born again is under a curse. And one of the curses is is, is poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Those three things came on Adam. 
That means that if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, your spirit man is separated from God, not because you're bad, but because Adam was bad. And you can accept Jesus if you want to and have eternal life. But when Jesus came, he redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse? Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Not just die and go to heaven. Yeah, we get to die and go to heaven. You get eternal life in you, but you're redeemed from the curse of being poor. Now, then we, we talked about last week, what is the definition of rich? It means a full supply. I watched a video a few years ago. It's been a long time ago. It's been over 10 years ago about a revival that broke out in Mexico of all places. And a person went down there and preached the gospel and the people began to worship God and they all got born again. And they all took the bar, the local cantina, and turned it into a church and began to worship God and they began to follow God and obey God. They, became, they were farmers. All of their squash, all of their watermelons, all of their beans began to multiply like crazy. They did not need American money. They, there were pictures of pumpkins two to three feet around. Their gardens produced so much food, they started selling food to Guatemala. Everybody in town, in order to get their food to market, were, were driving Mercedes-Benz trucks. The whole village became rich without Americans. And the only place in Mexico that was producing that much food was in this one town because the gospel brings liberty. The, the curse was broken off of them. When Israel went home to their land, what was a desert has become the leading food producer in all of the Middle East. One tree will grow ten times the oranges we do. That's in Israel now. But the blessing of Abraham is on the land. I'm going to show you in a minute. We're going to pray for you because the blessing is not automatic. All right. See, I'm, I just changed subjects and I want you to look at me and go, well, I've been saved on it and I don't have all that kind of money. You can. But you've got to, number one, get over the fact that God is trying to take from you. God is not a taker, God is a giver. God can make you rich and you still don't have anyone else's money. So I'm going to say this, and, I'm, and I know I'm talking to some of the visitors because you, go to, you either go to crazy churches or you don't go at all. You've been taught so much about, um, uh, you know, um, poverty. You've, you have been taught that someone come along and taking your money, that churches come along and say, we're going to take your offering. We're not taking anything. The earth is the Lord's. The air you're breathing, it is His. Thank you. The water you're drinking, He owns it. And so He has required you to tithe. It's, it's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. I didn't come up with it. I didn't put it in the Bible. And so you can't look at me and say, all that preacher talks about is money. That's because I'm reading his book. And he's the one that came up 
with the idea that people should tithe. And if you do, whatever is sanctified to God, the rest is sanctified to God. So if the tithe is sanctified, the 90% is. If the tithe is cursed, you're cursed. You eat the tithe, Satan will take the 90. I'm trying to teach you how to get out of debt. I'm not trying to take your money. I'm trying to teach you how to keep it. You live in a fallen world. You and I are living in a fallen world. There are heathen around us. If you think I'm joking, turn on CNN, NBC, and ABC. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all just look at me like a dog in a new bowl. So the Bible talks more about money than prayer because you need it. You are no good to God broke. I'm going to say it again. When something needs to be done in the earth, it takes money to do it. God is trying his best to create a channel of his wealth. If he can trust you, he'll increase you. But if you're going to keep spending it all on yourself, he's going to find somebody who will be benevolent. That's good preaching. So now that I've gotten you over the idea that we're just after your money, I'm just, I'm out to increase you. I want to see you, I mean really, we're taking up an offering. Why in the world would I want you to be broke while I take up an offering? That would absolutely be stupid. Okay, amen. Let's just say that God took your money and you were broke after that. Would you give it again? No. Amen, I wouldn't. But if you give it and it comes back, good measure pressed down, you go, Shondai, that worked. That actually was really cool. So I'm going to read, so we're going to read now, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. This I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Let each one or each person give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of a necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Look at verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Who's able to do that? God. God is able to bless you to the point that you have so much money you can give anywhere you want to give. And he's trying to do it. All right. Now let's read the next one. Verse 9. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So, so first of all, first question, is the blessing automatic? It is not. It is not. God gave the promised land to the children of Israel, but they had to take it. Now, I want you to think about this, and I was going to do this, and I, I forgot, so please forgive me. 
I, I make my own wheat bread. Now, I learned from my sister Nancy that the, um, that the ingredients in the bread only last like 72 hours after you make a loaf of bread the ingredients begin to rot. They're no good. 72 hours later, they're no good. So they took the wheat germ out of the bread in order for it to last on the shelf. You're eating dead bread. And then you say, well, I can't eat bread. I'm bread intolerant. Well, you, you'd be fine if you ate real bread. But they took all of the ingredients out of it. Now all they left you was the white flour, which will make you sick. But in the wheat germ is the life, and wheat is a seed. It is a seed. And, it, and they found some wheat in King Tut's pyramid, and they planted it, and it grew. It is alive in, in, in its wheat form. It's, a, it's alive. I take it and grind it and make my own wheat bread. And I just ordered some that have not been uh, genetically altered from the original wheat before the government got a hold of it and screwed it up. And it's a little bit pricey, but it's worth it. I can eat two slices of wheat bread and still not be hungry at 3 o'clock. You'll lose weight eating real food. Because you won't be craving Food. When you eat dead food, you, when you're done, you're still hungry. You eat real food when you, when you get. So, so we see that the bread is the source of life. But whenever God gave us the bread, he never gave us bread. He gave us seeds. He gave us wheat. You and I take it and grind it into wheat, but don't grind it all. Plant some of it, or you're just going to run out of bread. So some of it needs to stay in its seed form. And some of it needs to be ground into flour and make pancakes. And, you know, Lisa and I, and I'm going to make you hungry right now. She makes me buckwheat pancakes. Now, you want to talk about a healthy burrito. Buckwheat pancakes rolled up in blueberries. And, and, and that's just, oh, God, that's good. And, and so... And so, you know, now I don't have a farm to grow my wheat. I wished I did. Wish now I could grow some of it. But I have buckets at home of wheat berries, they're called. And I have a stone grinder. I have an automatic one now. I used to have the old one. I was going to be macho. And after a while, I went, forget that. And I ordered an electric one. And I may give the other one to Che because she looks like she needs a little muscles in her arms. But look at this scripture right here real quick. Now, he who supplies seed... To the sower. God will give you seed to sow. He didn't, he, he'll give you some of it for you to turn into bread, but it's not all for bread. Now, I'm going to make a statement here, and I want to ask you a very, very important question. When you put a seed in the ground, do you still own the seed? When the crop comes up, who owns the crop? You do. Now listen, when you sow into a church, the money is still yours. See, I have investments. I, have, I don't want to make y'all mad. I've, I invested in Tesla. It's down right now, but I think it's coming back up. It's going to come up. I mean, electric cars are kind of going to be around. It's kind of a thing. 
And I also invested in batteries and all kind of stuff. Now, see, that money, I've invested it, but it's mine. I didn't lose the money. I just am not eating it, but it's mine. And I'm looking for an increase in that money. Okay, I also did Bitcoin, and when it went up, I sold it. And, and I told Lisa to sell hers, and she did, and it went up again, and she chewed me out. She got real mad at me. She said, you told me to sell it, and it went up again. Never mind. When you are in a church and someone takes up an offering, that money, let's say it goes into our checkbook, it's still yours. Let's say I sow it into Mark Hankins ministry, it's still yours. Let's say he goes to Burma and pays for a pastor to come down and to get the word of God and go back and preach all over Burma, it's still yours and your seed is increasing. And, and now listen, a seed is forever. Bread lasts a day. Seeds are forever. That seed is the only thing you're going to have waiting on you when you die. All of the bread, your truck, your car, you will leave it here. Thank you. Your house, your clothing, your shoes, your watch, you're going to leave it here. But your seed is there waiting on you. All the good you did goes with you forever because seeds are forever. Woo, glory to God. That, see, when people get a hold of this, they're like, my God, I had no idea I was making an investment in the kingdom. What did you think you were doing? You certainly, I'm not spending it. If I was spending it, I wouldn't be wearing this old coat. No, that's not old coat. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? So God devised a plan in the earth when he gave Adam the garden. Now think, let's just got to think about it. You've got to learn to think. How big do you think the garden was? Was not over the, it was not over the whole earth. It's just a garden. The rest of the earth was totally undeveloped. Who did God want to develop the earth? Adam. And how was he going to do it? Well, the fruit in the garden, he was going to take the seeds from them and reproduce that throughout the earth. You know, remember the story of Johnny Appleseed? You know, we didn't have apple trees in America until he came and started everywhere he went with a little bucket on his head and planted apple trees everywhere. Well, we, you know, if you just plant some apple, tree, apple seeds, you'll get apple trees. I have, in my yard, I have um, grapefruit. I have lime. I have lemon. I have oranges. I have mangoes. I have avocados. I have plums. I have bananas. Somebody planted all of those fruit trees. And somebody eats that food. You can't even imagine who. My favorite tree right now in the yard that's growing is the avocado. Man, you open that thing up. I finally, Lisa taught me how to open one and cut it open. You cut it in half and you pop the seed out and you slice that in half and peel it back like an orange and you're just sitting there with a big green, put a little lemon juice all over it and just just sit under my avocado tree and eat avocados for an hour. And they're healthy. 
Okay, I knew y'all would enjoy this. But I planted the trees to produce fruit. God planted you to produce fruit. And he gives you seed and he will return looking for fruit. All right, all right, I'm doing good. Y'all are looking at me like, okay. Go to Matthew 25. All of you visitors, I'm trying to get you to come back. There's more here than water. But we are taking boats and jet skis out today. Amen. Amen. Matthew 25. Now, verse 14. I hope it doesn't shock you that Jesus told a parable of investing. Now, let's, let's, let's ask a question. Does anybody know what the term Jewish means? I'm making this one up. It means rich. I have never in my life met a broke Jew. There might be a few. But they all believe in, in being rich. The whole lot of them. All right. Jesus is here and he's Jewish. And he's going to tell a parable of the kingdom, but he's going to refer to investments in the light of kingdom living. All right. Verse uh, 14. The kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country, which would be Jesus leaving, and called his servants and delivered his goods to them. That's us. And to one he gave five talents. Now, he's not talking about playing a guitar or harmonica. A talent... Uh, I said it's a year's wage. Justin told me that he read a book that it's 14 years wages. Well, whatever it is, it's a, it's, a, it's a hunk of money. And the man is making an investment. He's handing someone money. When he returns, he wants him to have made more money. So, Okay. To one he gave five talents, and I'm going to stick with mine until I read the book. Five years wages, to another two years wages, another one one year's wages, according to their ability, and immediately he went on a journey. And when he who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise he received two, gained two more, and he received one, went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with him. Now, isn't that an amazing? Now, there's more to Christianity than you and I have ever really talked about. There, even though you're born again, and, and whenever you meet Jesus, the, the subject of heaven and hell will not come up if you're born again. Say, thank you, Jesus. But he is going to have you give an account of what you did with your life. Now some of y'all are going, oops. And the rest of you, I will see you next Sunday. Because he's going to ask you what you did with number one Jesus. What did you do with the Holy Ghost? What did you do? How did you raise your children? How did you treat your wife? How did you treat your husband? How did you do business? What 
do you have to show for your life? I gave you mine. I gave you eternal life. I forgave you of all your sins. I redeemed you from the curse of the law. I put you in a good place. What did you do with it? That's huge. It's called the Bema Seat of Christ. Now, if you flunk, thank God you don't go to hell. But you get to roam around heaven and look at all the rest of us having nice mansions and going, I could have had one of those up there. That's true. There is rank and file in the kingdom, and right now you're being tested. This is a test. It's a short one. Trust me. I was a boy a few weeks ago. I remember that. Y'all got quiet on me. I think it's because I hear cogs going, and you're just sitting there thinking. So he came to settle accounts, and he who had received five talents brought five other talents. And the Lord delivered his me five talents. Look, I've gained five more. And the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And he who received two talents came and said, Lord, you gave me two talents. I've gained two more talents. Beside, And the Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And I want you to notice that he's not calling money all that important. He's going to make him ruler over what is important. God will give you things just to see how you treat them before he trusts you with something bigger and better. It is his nature. If he can't trust you with money, he can't trust you at all. I'm going to sit here and think about that. You say, well, I can't afford tithe. You can't afford not to. This is a test. And he received the one talent, came and said, Lord, I know you're a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered. I was afraid. People who don't give are afraid. That's why they don't give. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here is what is yours. And the Lord said, you wicked, lazy servant, you knew I reap where I have not sown. And gathered where I have not scattered. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. Now let me stop right there and I'm going to make a plug for church. If you don't even get nobody saved, at least support the church. Because we will. At least put it in the bank. At least, at the minimum, get interest on it. Come on, that's good preaching. You know, sometimes you just need to put the money in the bank and let the interest increase. You say, well, it ain't a lot. <laughs> Better than sitting in your pocket. Okay. You have, you, verse 27, you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have at least received it with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents, and everyone who has, more will be given. And to him who has abundance from him who does not have will be taken what he has away. Cast that unprofitable servant in the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now let's talk about this for a minute. Giving is faith. It takes faith 
to give. Because in order for you to believe that you can have $100 and take 10 of it and give it away and it increases you, takes faith. Because in the natural you go, no, that's $90 now. But see, but if God is telling the truth, that's God blesses the 90 and increases. It takes faith to take seed and put it in the ground and pray for rain and watch it come up. Because the wheat makes wheat. Money makes what? Money. Money makes money. And money equals souls. People born again. People saved. The devil does not want any Christians rich. If you think I'm joking, please go to Las Vegas and don't gamble, but just go. If there's a shortage of money, nobody in Vegas knows it. The devil has money. If you think I'm joking, I want you to study politicians. You become a politician, you make $30,000 a year, and you become a millionaire. How am in the world am I staying on this political thing today? I don't know why. But someone said amen anyway. It's called crookery. All right. Just today, and no, not just today. I'm going to get on it again next Sunday. <laughs> God gives you money, but not all of it is for you. He gave you some of it to increase you. Some of it needs to be invested. Now, you know, all of us have said this. Would you not have loved to invest it in Amazon when it first came out? How about Google? How about Coca-Cola? You'd be sitting pretty, wouldn't you? How would you like to invest in the kingdom of God now? It is the only thing that's going to continue after everything else goes straight to hell and back. And your treasure is being guarded by God. That is so good. You just. Okay. (laughs) All right. Go to Acts 10. I'm kind of trying to go slow today because y'all are slow listeners. Some of you are just slow. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Don't, don't throw tomatoes at me today. Just, just. The, the, now, the reason I'm saying that is this seems to have been one of the biggest problems in churches, teaching Christians about money. There's not a sinner on the planet that has a problem with what I'm preaching. I was in an airplane one day going to Russia. Now, let me explain to you all about airplanes When you sit on one for 20 hours, you do not want to be in coach. Now, I'll just go ahead and get rid of all of y'all's poverty mentality. So I always get a first class. You say, why would you sit there? Because my father owns the sky, and he's not broke. And I'm not spending your money. I'm spending his. Let's just get that, get over that. So I'm sitting there next to a businessman who's drinking martinis. 
And he looks at me and says, and what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor. And he said, well, what the heck are you doing up here? I see the mentality. You're a preacher. I mean, you, all you do is take money from people. Never mind. I said, well, my father owns the air we're flying in. And I just sat there and looked at him real strong, and I said, the earth is the Lord's, and my dad gave it to me. I said, why are you up here? You come back next week. We're going we're to talk about the fact that, that you, it, 7 trillion people, and they all could own airplanes and never bankrupt God. Are you all out there? Are you listening to me? I want you to imagine this. This is crazy. Can you imagine cell phones and everyone on the earth owning one? They do. There's no, there is no shortage. There's no such thing as shortage. So if I have money for first class, I don't have yours. I have mine. If you want money for first class, you get your own. And I'm showing you how to do it. If you'll start investing in the kingdom, God will bless you. Hallelujah. Acts 10.1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion, what is called the Italian regiment. Now, this is a Roman soldier. He's a Gentile. He's not Jewish. A devout man and one who feared God with all of his household and gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Now, look at this. Here's a sinner supporting the local church. Now, that's, that's, you're looking at that going, that's amazing. Now, even though he was not Jewish, he feared God. Let me ask you all a question. How many Gentiles came out of Egypt with the Jews? A lot. When they left Egypt, a lot of Egyptians left with them. They went, we don't want to be here. We want to go with y'all. There is, the Jews were put in the earth to write the Ten Commandments and show us the way to God, not to create a nation of Jews for themselves. Jonah preached in Nineveh to non-Jews. God's always wanted to use the Jewish people to reach the world. He said in Abraham, all nations would be blessed, not the Jewish nation would be blessed. Well, some of y'all are looking at me like, whoa, okay. So Cornelius was a godly man, but he's, he's Gentile. At this time, Peter did not know the gospel was for anyone other than Jews. All right. All right. Verse 3. About the ninth hour of the day, he, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God came in and prayed, Cornelius. And when he observed, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? He said, your prayers and what came up as a memorial. What? What got God's attention? Don't, I'm reading from the Bible. His giving. Listen, giving is faith. When, you, when you're benevolent, you will get God's attention. He'll look at you and go, did you just see what that guy down there did? I mean, that guy just took his hard-earned money, and he's sowing it, and he's helping people with it, and he says, now you get a preacher over there, and you get someone over to his house, and you help him, and you bless him. 
That's the way God thinks. You can get God's attention. And the fastest way to do it is with this. Not that he needs it. He don't need none. Do y'all know how quiet it is in here? I'm going to stop right here and do something. One of the greatest days of my life was when I found out that I could actually drive a vehicle that I didn't have to carry jumper cables and a toolbox. It's called a Toyota. Never mind. Do, do y'all know how bad it is to have to carry a gas can and, and tools and, and not even know whether you're going to make an appointment because your vehicle. I've driven raggedy junk. There's nothing holy about a 65 Chevrolet pickup truck that's blowing oil. I mean, they're, they're fun to, to play with, but not when you really need to be somewhere. God, I mean, the day that I found out that I didn't have to go to, um, um, what's this place where you get clothing, the, the Goodwill. I, I don't go to Goodwill. I used to shop there. My first suit, I bought it at Goodwill, and the lining was falling. I had to tear the lining out. My first suit. Folks, I don't want to, I don't want to go to Goodwill for my clothes. You may want to, but I don't. And I found out I didn't have to. So the message that I'm preaching you was one of the greatest things I ever learned in my life. Not only does he meet my needs, but exceeding abundantly above. When, I found, when people came to my house one day years ago, I'll mention their name. Lisa had a horse. Lisa and I had two horses. And they, there was a church member. And they said, how much does it cost to feed this horse? And I, I, what I said was not good. It's kind of like not, not, not of your concern. I'm not feeding my horse with your tithe money. Well, we don't have a horse anymore. We have a jet ski. So I'm not feeding it with your tithe money either. <laughs> the horse ate more than the jet ski. Oh, y'all, okay. Verse 4, and he observed and he was afraid, and he says, What is it, Lord? And he says, Your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. Now send to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with Simon a tanner. Now Peter is an apostle of God with the anointing of God, and God got a person in this man's life that he needed. Not everything that God's going to do with you is going to be tit for tat, money for money. He's going to give you favor with people. He's going to introduce you to people who will take you to the next place you need to go. He's going to introduce you to people who have the knowledge that you, had, that you need to get where you need to go. The moment you get God's attention, he starts moving in your life to get you the people and the resources to take you where you're supposed to be going in life. Now, folks, I'm telling you, that happened to me. The day I started tithing, a lady handed me two books by Kenneth Hagin and one by Copeland and changed everything in my life in one day. And I did it with a $5 bill. 
I gave and God went, help him out. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, I'm going to skip all of this. I'm going to skip it all. Mm. Peter, Cornelius is talking to Peter in verse 30. And Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. And Cornelius, your prayers has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Therefore, send to Joppa. Now, now, verse 44 says, And when Peter was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on all those that heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many came from Peter, because the gift of the Holy Ghost was poured out on the Gentiles, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. In other words, God poured his spirit out on a household of people and sent an apostle there because of his giving to the church. Now, let's stop for a minute and qualify the church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. And I'm going to hair lip Bear Creek for y'all right now. I'm just going to mess you up. And not one time did he say, I'm going to build a government, a police, or a fire department, or a Walmart for you. He said, I'm going to build a church for you. Now, the church is central, it's center focus for God in the earth. Everything good that will ever happen in your life starts in a church. Without a church, you will not get born again. You will never hear the gospel, and you will not get saved, and you will go to hell and not heaven. Without a church, you will never learn about marriage. You will never learn about husbands and wives and giving, and you will never get him straightened out if you don't bring him into church. In church, you will learn that you're redeemed from the curse of the law, and you'll find out that you're redeemed from sickness, poverty, and death. And you can come into a church and get healed and save yourself thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of doctor bills. Because God did not put a hospital in the earth to replace the ministry of anointing with oil. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. And all these people running around the world building hospitals, why don't they just go over there and lay hands on the sick and cast the devil out of them? Okay, never mind. Church is central to the spiritual health. And as your spiritual health, then your physical health and your emotional health. The church is the light of the world, and everywhere it's gone and is planted in a city, the city turns out moral and good and prosperous and blessed. What do you think happened to the greatest nation on the earth? They brought the gospel over here, and they started America with the word of God, and they wrote our Constitution out of the Bible and created the greatest nation that has ever been on the earth because of the word of God. We are central to to your life. The church. Where do you think God wants you to live and live out of and to, and to be a part of the people you meet in church, the things you learn in church? The school teachers should come out of church. Mayors should come out of church. Governors should come out of church. Presidents should come out of church. We wouldn't be in this mess if they had come out of church. And the ones who did, like the governor of Texas and Florida, who are moral and godly, you ought to thank God every day that they went to church when they were growing up or they would be a heathen like all the rest of them. And for the ones of you that don't like me and don't agree with you, please move to California. No waiting on you, though. Sorry, I went political again on you. 
So God, the big deal to God, I will build my church. In the gates of hell, Satan will never overrun the church. And, and, and when we leave, we will leave. And we will leave it. If you're not a Christian and you want this church, uh, see me after the service. If, and after the rapture, I'll, I'll show you where you can get the deed and you can start your own. But I won't be here. You should say me neither. Me neither. All right. What do you think happens to a pig when you get the salt off of it? It rots. It rots. That's right. They're already rotting. Yeah. But we're not letting them because we're still being real salty. Yeah. If you haven't watched the news lately, you don't have a clue what I just said. The problem in America today is the pulpit. These men have got to have a spine. You got it. And no compromising on this. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And I didn't write the book. Amen. Had a lady came in one day and said, you said. And I said, nah, no ma'am, I was reading. She said, I think that was too direct. I said, I was just reading. I was just reading. All right, never mind. Go to Mark 10. I got 20 minutes. We'll get this done. Mark 10. Isn't this good? Andrew Walmack made a statement. He says, you've never, he said, preaching prosperity and prospering will cause you more persecution than anything else you'll ever do. Yeah, it will. It's okay. I've laughed at devils before. <laughs> All right, Mark ten seventeen. Now he who was going out of the road, one came running and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? Now what we're going to read right now is the parable of the rich young ruler. We're going to talk about a guy, a Jew, with money. Y'all know the story, but I'm going to help you through it a little bit better today. So this, now I want you to, I want you to think about this. What did he ask him? I want to know about eternal life. While we're reading the story, I want you to understand Jesus is not getting off of his question. He's, he's not asking him how to be blessed as a Christian. He's not asking him any. He's, he's saying, how do I know I'm going to go to heaven when I die and not hell? How do I know I have eternal life? Are you all out there? So, so don't change the subject as we read and turn it into something religious. Okay. Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good but God. In other words, do you, do you know who I am? You know the commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. 
And Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, one thing you lack. Now, I'm going to read it, and as I read it, I'm going to tell you how you read it. Give all your money away and become poor and be a Christian and you can go to heaven. That is not what Jesus said. And I'm going to prove it to you later in what Jesus said. Jesus said something very different later on in the same dialogue. But, but I'm just going to tell you how you've been taught this. Now, he said, one thing you lack. Now, let me stop for a minute and ask you, what is the one thing he lacks? He lacks a relationship with Jesus. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. So let's, let's talk about this for a minute. When a person is not saved, they don't need forgiveness. You go to the morgue, pull a dead guy out, just slide him out, and say, I forgive you, and tell me what happens. Nothing. Nothing. Dead people don't need forgiveness. Dead people need to come back to life. Jesus, man is dead in sin. If sinners are dead in sin. They don't need forgiveness. They need redemption. They need eternal life in them. The only, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. It was his death that he paid for your sins. And he rose from the dead and he is alive. And the only way you can be alive is to be in him. If you're not in him, you're still dead in sin. It is not your dope smoking and your playboys and your lying that's sending you to hell. It is your rejection of Jesus as Lord. Hey, people don't go to hell for sinning. Jesus paid for the sins of everybody on the earth. So what is sending me to hell? Well, someone gives an altar call and you go, ah, I don't want to do it. Because you hadn't finished with your sinning. Don't die in sin because you're still going to live forever somewhere. So what is the answer to his questions? What do I have to do to have eternal life? Jesus said one thing you lack. Now, now listen to what he's saying about the money issue. Because to a Jew, remember Abraham was rich? Remember Job was rich? Remember God taught them in the book of Deuteronomy that, pro that prosperity is a blessing from God? He is trusting his money that he's righteous. I'm righteous and I can prove I'm righteous. I have money. He's trusting in the money to show everyone, look at me. So Jesus is talking to him. And he said, take all your money because I don't need it. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. When I married Lisa, I did not marry her for her Toyota Corolla or her money. I married her for her. And I will take care of her. I am her source. I'll make her rich. I gave her a job. She works for me. The bank doesn't know that, but I, she works for me. I didn't need anything but her. Jesus wants you. If you're a millionaire, that means nothing to God. 
But if, you're, if you think that your million dollars makes you righteous, he'd rather you just get everything you think you need and just, there, now, I'm not going to do it this week, but I'll do it next week. There are times when he'll look at you and say, give it all away and come on, i got something for you to do. He just wants to see what your faith's in. We'll talk, we're going to talk about how to handle life if you wake up one day and the money's gone. You need to learn it because all you need in this life is Jesus and a Bible Amen. to succeed. Uh, that's, next, that's next week. I can't do this now. I just gave it all away. Okay. One thing you lack, go your way, sell what you have, give to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven. Take your cross and follow me. In other words, I've got something I want you to do, and I want that to be paramount. You walk with me. You see what he said to him? All right. And, at, and he was sad at that word and went away sorrowful. He had great possessions. No, great possessions had him. Don't let the money hinder you from obeying God. When Jesus looked around... And said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Let me stop. Being an American may hinder you in your walk with God more than any other country. Because as long as you have a job and a 401k, many of you don't obey God. Because you don't need him. Or you think you don't. And then when all the money's gone and you're laying on your back in the, in the hospital dying, you go... I think I need you. Don't wait till you get there. That's good preaching anyway. All right. Disciples were astonished. Okay. How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And disciples were astonished. Why? Peter has a corporation. He has boats. He's got employees. He's Jewish. How hard it is for those who trust in riches. To enter the kingdom. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. For a rich man to enter the kingdom. And they were greatly astonished at his saying. They're Jewish. And Jesus looked and said. With men it is impossible. But not with God. For with God all things are possible. And Peter began to say. We left all and followed you. And Jesus said. Surely I say to you, now look at this, this is where we're going to end today. No one who ever left a house or brothers or sisters or a father or a mother or a wife or children or land for my sake in the gospel shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Is he taking your money? All right, now I'm going to slow down now, I've got to stop. When I got born again, and I told you last week how God got me a job at a factory, and he got me totally out of debt. And I drive in a brand new car. You could buy a new home for $30,000. You could buy a new Camaro for $3,000. And I had a very lucrative position in the world within a couple of years of being saved. And the Lord said, I want you to go to Oklahoma. I want you to go to Bible school. Now, hold on a minute. You think, well, wait a minute. He took from me. He's not taking from me. He's not taking from me. 
He just don't need my money. He don't need that job. He needs me. I went out to Oklahoma. I went to work, and I showed J Justin this. I went to work for Roger Hardesty, second largest apartment complex builder west of the Mississippi River who has an F-16 for a toy and drives a Rolls Royce. And I am his, I am his second best maintenance man in his whole company. Ask me how I was doing. Very good. You know what the Lord said? Good Orlando. I got a U-Haul truck and drove away and came here. I'd have never met her. See, God is setting me up. He, he has a, oh, he had a real good plan for me. I would have never had the boys. I would have never pastored you. I have been to 20 nations. I have preached the gospel all over the earth. I am by natural standards well off. God didn't take anything from me. He added and he added and he added. But it looked at times like, just get in the truck and come on, I got something else for you to do. He's not taking. So this scripture, no, no, just I want to read it again. Because Peter goes, you just told him to give all his money away. He's not taking his money. He's offering him a relationship with himself, which means... If you married Donald Trump, would it be okay if you left your job at Walmart to do that? And your Toyota Corolla, right? Okay. If you're married to Jesus, what in the world does your measly $500,000 mean? It don't mean a thing in the world. All right, that's the point that he's making here. Come on. He's, he's offering him a position as one of the 12 men that will sit on the 12 tribe forever. And he turned it down for the dollar bill. Stupid, stupid, stupid. So when he said to me, go to Orlando, I just packed up and came and became a youth pastor. But God is training me for what he wants me to do. And honey, I'm telling you what, I'd rather be in the will of God than out of it any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Because the doctors have declared me dead twice. Well, they told me 10 years ago, 12 years ago that I had a year. I went to God and I went, long life, you need me. <laughs> tell me, tell me that ain't worth a dollar. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm doing good. Let's, I want to read it again because I, I want to pray for y'all. Surely I say to you, there is no one who's ever left a house or brother, sister, father for my sake in the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold in this life. Houses, not a house. I mean, you want to freak someone out? Tell them you're going to your summer home. That'll just mess them up. Mm. Houses, brothers and sisters. How many of y'all got more family now in your head? Mothers, children, land with, with persecution. we got to preach on that one. You're going to catch it if you get, have any money. And the age to come, eternal life, and those will be first will be last, and last will be first. In other words, he's not, he did not set up a system of giving to make you broke. Amen. The system of sowing and reaping was to, be, was to make you a blessing. Well, this is good. All right, now I did all of that to do this one thing. 
I'm going to pray for you guys because many of you have sown into this building. I started off by saying, is it automatic? It is not automatic. You're going to have to take some of that seed and put it in the ground, and some of you have. Once you put it in the ground, you need to stretch your faith out. You need to use your faith. The Bible says, give, and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The Bible also says he has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. And they are they not ministering spirits sent to minister for those who are heirs of salvation? The angels of God that are in this room right now are ministering for you? Did you know that you and I can pray right now and ask God to send them out and bless your business? Did you know you can ask God to bless whatever you put your hand to? Did you know that he said whatever you put your hand to shall prosper? That means you can sell ice cream to an Eskimo and get rich doing it if you're in the will of God. I mean, you know, that, that means that no, I don't care what the economy is doing. If you read the Old Testament, God was making people rich during a famine. Their crops were growing. I believe we're blessed, but I also believe in the, in, in the prayer of agreement and, I've, and I also believe in, in the transferring of anointings. So I'm going to tell you one more story. I promise, just one more. I got four minutes. Years ago, I was in the other building, and me and Barbara and Betty were praying, and I think um, Jill and uh, a few other people were in there praying. And I looked up, and I saw an angel standing in front of me. Now, I'm not hokey. I don't have these visions all the time. But he had a white robe in his hand. And it had like, like spots on it. And I'm looking at that and I'm befuddled because I have no idea why an angel standing there with a robe. And, and I said, I just looked at him and I said, yes. And he says, I have something for you if you want it. I said, okay. He said, it is the favor I gave Daniel. I went, Shondai. And immediately when I said yes, the angel disappeared. He didn't walk around and was standing behind me. And he said, it is for you and all those who come under you. And see, at that time, I can remember when Kenny was only a mechanic. Folks, listen, that anointing has come off of me on you. It has. If you'll stay faithful, that anointing is transferable. What happened with David when all of the broke guys in Jerusalem got around him, they became mighty warriors. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. There's an anointing that breaks poverty off of people. Okay, having said that, move this. Somebody get this out of the way. The ones of you that have given, and then I'm going to put out there the ones of you that wished you had given. But I want the people that have given to this church to come up here and form a line. And Lisa and I are going to go down and we're going to lay hands on you and we're going to ask that the blessing of Abraham come on you from this time forward. I just, I just need enough room for you to, get, to walk between here and you. Now when I go down, when the anointing increases, I'll go fast. And I don't want you to think you didn't get anything. All I need to do is just lay hands on you because so many of you are coming. I, I'm going to pray one wholesale wholesale prayer one wholesale prayer well that's the whole building y'all isn't this fun alright I want everybody to say this my best days are ahead of me say I am redeemed 
from the curse. From the curse. I, am I am redeemed from poverty. From poverty. I, don't have to be broke. I don't have to be broke. Everything I put my hand to Everything is blessed. God said he loves a cheerful giver. I have given to this church cheerfully. So coming to me is finances, favor, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God will cause men to give to me. I have favor. Say it again. I have favor at work. Say, if you own a business, say, I have favor in my business. Now, you have no idea. I mean, you'd have to watch last week's. If you are working for someone and you like that business, you can own it. God will take you up. All right, now we're going to start. I'm going to start right here in the middle. The reason is because I'm going to have to get some of you, you know, prayed for so we can move people back in. I want you to say this as we walk toward you. I receive the anointing. Now, let me say one more thing. When Kenneth E. Hagin laid his hands on me, the honor God put on him came on me. It's tangible. I feel it every day of my life, but it, someone laid hands on me. That same honor that Brother Hagin had, Jesus gave it to him, and he gave it to me. I'm about to give it to you. Isn't that awesome? All right, do I have some ushers right here in the middle? We don't have any ushers. All right, just be aware. Be aware. They're all at the left. So don't fall backwards. Just don't just, 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 just. I, I want you to, this is a sacred time. This is, I want you to remember when, when, when the prophet came to little David. He's just a shepherd boy. That's all he was, shepherd boy. But I mean the moment he anointed him, he became a king. Yes. Now, he didn't step into it for a while. But I mean he started acting like a king immediately. Killing lions and killing bears. That was the anointing, not a slingshot. It's the anointing on you. Yes. You're going to be one devil slaying, debt slaying, son of a, son of a God, son of, son of a God, <laughs> son of a God. Come on, listen. Father God, we lay hands on our, on our brother in the name, in the name. I transfer that anointing in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In, I break poverty. Satan. Get off her finances now. She's a giver. Father, in the name of ooh, in increase in anointing in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. Thank you. In oh yes. Oh yes. Increase. Oh, a whole lot of increase. In increase. 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 There's a there is an usher behind you. Increase. In increase. In and increase and I, I pray over your mind for it to be full of peace in Jesus name increase 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 hundredfold increase in increase 
in Jesus' yes, name. Increase. An yes. increase yes. and a job, a good job. You got good one job. coming. You a got one job. coming. An increase in Jesus' name. A great favor everywhere you go. Great favor. Great favor. No more struggles. No more struggling anymore. No, no, no. It's not coming through, not coming through Dennis. Coming from God. He's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. Ha, ha, ha. Say increase. Increase in Jesus' name. All right. If you've been prayed for, I need you to sit down because I need the rest of you to. <laughs> We're going to start and head that way. Come on, baby doll. Brother, I sure love you. Increase in the name of Jesus. Increase now in Jesus' name. Increase. Father, the increase of God. The increase of God. Father, the increase of God. And healing and healing. And increase in everything you put your hand to. And increase. I'm going to say it. Houses. An in increase in every area. An increase of the anointing of God. An increase in favor. You're not done yet. You're not done yet. You're not even close to being done yet. And your best days are ahead. Oh, there's a lot of places to go and things to do. No, no your best days are not behind you. They're ahead. Declare that. Father, in the name of Jesus, increase right now. Increase in Jesus' name. Increase. Oh, yes. Increase. <laughs> Honey, lay your hand right there. Just pray over her belly. They're created. We call a baby in there. We just call increase in Jesus' name. Increase. Increase in the name. In the name. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hey, precious, in the name of Jesus. You're cute. Father God, increase this precious lady in the name of Jesus. Increase in Jesus' name. Increase in healing for that arm. We call it whole. Increase in Jesus' name. Hold her hand. Father God, increase for these two and everything they put their hand to shall prosper. Okay, I'm going to need some room. Woo! Jesus is Lord. Say increase. If you've been prayed for, please sit down so we know who you need to pray for. Yeah. You ready to go, girls? Right choices and right choices and decisions and increase and increase in every single area in the name of Jesus. How are you doing? Good. It's good to see you. Father, receive it in the name of Jesus, name above every name, the increase. Father God, thank you for increase in the name of Jesus. Bob, you're a giver. I pray increase over you now in workers in every area you need in Jesus' name. An increase in Jesus' name. An increase in your business and in your family in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hello. Father, thank you for your goodness and mercy for an increase in Jesus. 
Father, for Joyce, an increase over her life. Thank you. I'm going to let you pull her up. Father God, for increase. Say, I receive it. I receive it. In Jesus' name. Increase in the name. You're not too old. Increase in Jesus' name. Yeah, you're not even close to being old. In Jesus' name, an increase in everything they put their hand to. Father God, increasing, increasing, and increase her in the name of Jesus. And hallelujah, that new job, favor, 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 and everything you put your hand to in Jesus' name. Father, increase. God called you good. Why did he say that? Because you are good. And he made you, and he made you with a purpose. Great purpose. And, and you can walk in it if you want to. But it'll blow your mind because it's so good. You ready for it? Father God, in the name that's above every name. I thank you for the increase and the purposes of God. And Father, help him sell that truck and increase Jordan in Jesus' name. We lay hands on him and we come against sickness and disease in his body in Jesus' name. There's nothing too hard for God. He, he's never done anything because of you anyway. He does it because he's good. So let him do it. Let him do it. Increase her. Increase her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, yes. In Jesus' name, Papa and Mama. Increase. Oh, my God. I don't want you to lay your hands on her belly yet. Increase. I break poverty off this precious young lady right here. And I command the angels to go and bring everything she needs in life to her. Satan, you'll not rob her of her destiny and what you've called her to do. And favor and goodness and mercy will follow her all of the days of her life. And I call her, I say increase to her in Jesus' name. Now you're going to get a word when Shuttlesworth comes. Increase <laughs> on this giant guy. <laughs> Father, cause what he puts his hand to. Not because he's in America, but because he's your son. Yes, he's your son. You said the steps of a good man are ordered, Lord. This, this young man, too. The blessings of Abraham on him in Jesus' name. An increase in the name of Jesus. Increase in every Put your hands up. Say, I'm ready to go. Well, you said go. And do what you said do. I don't own me. You own me. My best days are ahead. I believe it. You did not make me for failure. And I'm not a failure. I am a success. I'm washed in the blood. And Jesus is Lord. So be blessed. Say, I take it. Oh, beautiful lady. What a beautiful woman. What a beautiful lady. 
Increase in Jesus' name. Increase in Jesus' name. Increase. Increase in Jesus' name. I, I plead the blood over this man. Glory to God. Bob, I plead the blood. I, amen. 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 How about you? Man, you're already doing good. Thank you. I saw something in the spirit when I walked up. You're doing better than most people think you are. But you can, but God will increase that. Amen. Right now, starting right now. You too, you little, you little rug rat. Oh, lift up your hands. Say, not just her, me too. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, we got Kathy over here standing all by herself. Don't forget Josh Brown. Father Kathy, you've brought her out of so much condemnation. So much. She's starting to learn who she is in Christ, know who she is, and she's righteous. And there's not a thing in the world the devil can do about it. Father God, increase her not only in knowledge, which is what she wants more than anything else, but finances too. It'll no longer be a struggle. In Jesus' name. Well, you want more favor? I'm going to tell you what it means later. Father, favor from God in the name of Jesus. Favor from God in Jesus' name. Sometimes work comes with that. Different kind of, well, I don't want to say that. It confuses my... We're going to get up in a minute and head to the lake, but I want to share something with you. This is, this is a difficult subject because... When I went to Mark Hankins and started listening to preach on finances, in the back of my mind, I kept asking, what's his motive? Did you know that your soul will sit there while someone's talking about money and think, what are they after? So I want to tell you one more story, please. You remember when I went to the hospital and my appendix ruptured? They opened me up and I was completely full of gangrene. Full. Full. Poop too because everything busted in there. And he sewed me up and he said, Mr. Morgan, you were very sick. That hospital bill was $125,000. That's $124,999 more than I had. Might have well been $100 million. It didn't matter. I mean, I didn't have a dime. So we went in the office and they found out because I didn't have insurance. The last time that we went through a real hard time in this church, we, we lost our insurance. And when you're in your 60s, they don't give it back. So right now I don't have a drop except what is that Medicaid stuff, whatever that is. I didn't have that then. So anyway, they, they compromised on the bill and said, if you'll give us, what is it, $30,000. We'll, so we wrote them a check for $30,000. I didn't have $30,000. When Mark Hankins came here to church that Sunday, it was Pastor's Appreciation Day. And he found out that I had been in the hospital. And he would found out that I still had a bill. He took his whole offering and he handed it to me. Paid my debt. That man has a huge ministry. He needs money. You think that got my attention? You better believe it did. Because from then on, I never wondered what he was preaching. What's he after? He ain't after my, he ain't after my money. He's a giver. 
God's not after anything from you. He's not out to take anything from you. He's doing his best to get you in a position to receive from God. That's his motive. I, I know I'm saying that because I know when you leave here, you're like, I ain't talking about money. Yeah? But it's for you. Take it if you want it. After that, I started increasing my giving to Mark and missions. We went from 60000 in the bank to enough to match you guys and increasing. We, we started the children's church. We needed $20,000. When we got finished, we had more than twenty in the bank. So we did the playground. That cost us $20,000. When we finished the project, we still had more money in the bank. But we were giving away more. We tithe that year, this year, so far this year, this church has already given 20% of its income away. I'm giving your money away. You better, you better hope I'm giving your money away. We're sowing it to Mary Fran. We're sowing, we just sowed a seed in China. You got, you got seed in China right now. And we're going to bring the little guy that's been over there preaching the gospel and, he, and he's got churches all over the place and people getting born again. And that's, just, that's what it's about. And he's been saving trafficking girls. He's, he's been, been rescuing them. He's been rescuing them. girls out and of And bringing them into orphanages and homes. So we, we got some great news, though, and you're going to want to hear this. Huh? We got some great news, and you're going to want to hear this because I'm the numbers person, right? Uh, you are the numbers person. So... I told you earlier on the band that the church side owed like $12,250, right? And so in this morning's offering, nine on the church side, $9,300 came in about. So basically, we had $3,000 left to pay it off totally today, and here it is in my hand. It is paid, it's, it's off, paid off 100%. right now. It is paid off. It is paid off. It is paid off. Hallelujah. Come on, give him glory. Hallelujah. Woo. Amen. We own it. All right, do y'all want to know the motive? I, I'm not real happy with our government. I don't want anybody out there to realize there's a church sitting on three to four million dollars worth of land and try to figure a way to get it. So the Lord laid it on my heart, pay it off. Own it. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. And the wonderful thing, I think Megan's back there, right? Meg's, yep, she popped her little head up. The funny thing is that when she first made that video and Pastor Morgan said to me, I, I think we just need to go ahead and have a picnic, you know, I mean, and not just wait. And I, I was the one that said, well, I think we should pay it off and then tell the people and then have the picnic. And he said, I think we should just go ahead and have the picnic because they're going to pay it off. I said, all right, let's just have a picnic because we know God is faithful. 
And so we planned it for August 1st before the kids went back to school. But the thing about it is when Megan's first announcement came up on the celebration, everyone started rejoicing and hooping and hollering like it was already paid. And we still had about 50000 or so dollars. But the truth is, is God saw that. He saw that in the spirit. He, he loves faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And we just kept saying, we believe it's paid. Bear Lake or no Bear Lake, we believe it's paid. And today, the day we're going to the celebration, it's paid. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.